Christmas. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Hosted by Paul Cooney and Mark Weedy. Well, the whole thing kicked off four weeks ago tonight. Can you believe, Mark? Four weeks ago since uh, it kicked off. Then Scotland had the game against Czech Republic on the Monday, which we brought to you from the Radisson Red in Glasgow. And listen, I think we might be there on Sunday for the final. More about that in a moment too. Mark, good evening. What a weekend it's going to be. Going to be brilliant, Paul. England against Italy and um, maybe pain some people to see it but you can't judge England have placed the final poll they've handled it very well credit to Gareth Southgate and these players but Roberto Mancini has something pretty special about him and you would never rule out Italy that's for sure It's going to be some game how much did it take out of the Italians the match against Spain then going to extra time but England 24 hours later had a tough game too what do you think let's go on the line we're going to speak to somebody we've called up someone who's played at the highest level for one of the old firm has played also against England for his country it's the one and only Johan Mialbi joining us. Johan, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> good to hear you, Johan. Yeah. I was trying to bring that round to the Euros <laughs> somehow. It was not maybe... Oh, uh, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> I've never lost to England. Five games, never lost to them, you know. Oof, you never lost. Mark, oh. we knew. Mark was just saying that. Did you score against them, Johan? Yes, of and, course. Aye, the major tournament. <laughs> what, 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 was it, yeah, was it Japan I've or Portugal? Yeah. <laughs> was it in Japan or in Portugal? I can't remember which one was it. No, actually, I actually scored against England in a qualifier in Stockholm. You know, uh, it was uh, in uh, actually I think it was September '98. You know, uh, it was a qualifying qualifying game. But obviously, it was a nice goal for me because obviously I then got on the radar to Celtic, and then you know a couple of uh, months later I signed for Celtic. It's been a terrific tournament, hasn't it, Johan? Have you enjoyed it? The feast of football that we've had for four weeks. I have. I definitely have. I think the football, the standard has been very, very high. Uh, I think it's been really, really some great games. And obviously, it's nice to see, you know, spectators back and, and crowds back, you know, uh, watching games. So, so I think it's been a really, really nice, really exciting tournament and actually good football. But it's, then it's, it's interesting to see, obviously, the, the, the teams or the, the nations that played most of the games at home Obviously, they were in the semi-finals. You know that just shows that yeah. it's not really how you recuperate or energize yourself after games. That's not that's the easy part. But by traveling, it's really, really hard on your body, you know, and your mind. And it must be for the players, isn't it, Mark? When you think about it, traveling around, it has to be an advantage that England yeah. have had every game apart from uh, that semi, the quarter-final uh, when they had to go to Rome. Yeah. They've played at Wembley. Yeah, it's a great point um, that Johan makes. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same um, with Italy and, and you look at Spain and obviously um, England um, too. So yeah, they have all benefited. Denmark um, as well, had, had, you know, the three games in, in, in Copenhagen, albeit uh, the most unfortunate circumstances yeah. what happened in the opening game. So, you know, that didn't really work as a, as a benefit. Um, obviously, in the way they recovered to get their tournament back on track again in, in the last um, game of their section, it uh, was good, but it's certainly been very, very helpful to England the way UEFA have have worked it out. And they say it is all there for England. At least sixty thousand England fans in the stadium on Sunday night. It's it's all there for them. But but the Italians, I've got something about them. First of all, you've got to produce something special to beat Donnarumma. Yeah. He's a top class goalkeeper. Best goalkeeper in the tournament. Yeah, I would say so, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've also got Chiesa and Immobile, uh, Verratti, and of course. As Johan will know, it's his specialised position. Uh, Chiellini and Benucci, Johan so, and yeah. 
that's going to be some battle the two of them against Harry Kane no definitely so I think it's the, the two best balanced teams there are in the finals you know obviously both are great going forward they obviously they got match winners but you know they have the balance they're very strong at the back and I think it's really difficult to not to go all the way in the tournament if you don't have the right balance you need to have a strong defense and you know both England and Italy they've been very very extremely strong uh, at the back so it's going to be a Really fascinating game, you know, on Sunday night. Back here, your old team, Celtic, obviously preparing for the new season. Ange Postacoglu in charge now, been taking training now for the best part of two weeks. And Celtic in talks with the Swedish defender Karl Starfelt, a £4 million bid reported to have gone in to the Russian club Ruben Kazan. Uh, Johan, what can you tell us about the player? Uh, obviously, I wish I could tell you even more. He's gone a wee bit uh, under the radar, obviously, by moving to Ruben Kazan in Russia, you know, from Gothenburg. But obviously, I, I know Carl uh, from a young age. You know, he, he used to play in, in Bromar Park, and it was obviously the, the, the youth. Uh, they, they are the, the, obviously the factor who, who produces a lot of talent, you know, in, in, in youth football here in Sweden, you know. And obviously... Uh, it took him a while, you know, until obviously he found his uh, found his feet, you know, obviously that he was good enough to play at the highest level. But then from Bromo Park, and he signed for for Gothenburg and, and played a season and a half, I think it was, you know, and where he showed that he was obviously good enough to play in the, in the Swedish top league. And and uh, from there he he went to Russia, you know, and where he's been playing really really well. And and you know, it's he's a very laid back. Uh, Laid back guy, he's, you know, he's a good guy to have in the squad. You always give 100%. He's quick and he's strong, aggressive. Uh, I think he's decent on the board because obviously he's, he's from Bromma Park and he's from the youth team system where you, all players are good on the ball in, in a way, you know. But I wouldn't say that's it's, it's, that his primi- primary strength is obviously his aggressiveness and it's, that he's quick enough, you know, and he's a good defender. So, uh, uh, I think it would be, uh, you know, obviously a terrific move for him, you know, uh, obviously going to, to Celtic. And, and uh, it's really difficult to judge, you know, how how really good he is right now. But obviously he's been a part of the Swedish team, you know, not when they played, you know, qualification games or or, uh, or big tournaments. But, you know, winter time, you know, Sweden always go to like, you know, likes of Dubai or Qatar, yeah. you know, warm weather uh, training uh, uh, facilities, you know, where, where obviously you play a couple of games, you know, so it has a, a few caps under his name, and and, and I think it's he's in a good age, you know, to to make his move, you know, obviously to 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 Scotland and especially Celtic, then, you know, but uh, it's obviously it's really really uh, difficult to say how strong he's been in, in Russia, but obviously, you know, if, if sure. Celtic is interested, he must have had a really good season there. He's, I think, he's just turned twenty six. Johan, I know, as you say, you, you'd be doing a lot more homework on him if you were scouting on him, particularly last year or so, um, at Ruben yeah. Kazan. But if you were still at Celtic, you know, considering you helped source Virgil van Dijk and, and, and boys like that to, to come in, is Starfelt the kind of guy that you think that you would like to see playing in a Celtic jersey? As you say, two fantastic attributes. He's got pace and he's aggressive and that's, you know, two things that you certainly need for the Scottish game. Yeah, and if you look at obviously the, maybe the downfall uh, for Celtic last season, where obviously they, they conceded a lot of set pieces, a lot of uh, uh, you know crosses and, and, and goals that 
you probably shouldn't concede. You know, that was probably the downfall. You know, uh, for the team. You know, so so that's, that's obviously an area where where you, especially if Ayer is going to leave, that where you have to strengthen. You know, and and uh, he is an out and out you know defender. Even if he can pass the ball, you know, that you know, all all plays nowadays. You know, all defenders nowadays they can pass the ball as well. You know, but uh, I think it's important for Celtic to get a, a, a number of guys. You know, who are are really you know who loves to defend. Uh, you know, to build a backbone for a new manager as well. You know, to to, to make sure obviously they can uh, start chasing Rangers. You know, and take up the the, the fight. And what do you what did you think of yourself of the appointment of of Ange Postecoglou? It was a name from from left field, Johan, but he certainly um, he's made a solid start to to his time, and he seems to get what what, what Celtic's all about and what's required to to be successful. I think you know. I think he, he seems to be a very interesting character. You know, uh, he's got the right attributes. Obviously, like you say, it comes to uh, it comes to from the from the left field. Obviously, because we don't know that much about obviously the the, the, the football in Australia or, or Japan. Obviously, where where it's been, you know. Uh, but but he, he he definitely obviously knows the way Celtic wants to play the football. I think it's something that he is really excited about. You know, it's something that he stands for. Uh, and, you know, half the battle is won. You know, if you if you know what Celtic is all about and if you know uh, the way uh, Celtic wants to play his football, you know, and, and be on the front foot and, you know, create a lot of chances, but still obviously not uh, have a leaky defence, then, uh, you know, half the battle is won. Uh, so, so, so I definitely think you know it. Uh, it seems like uh, you know it is, if it's very very quickly getting used to it, if you get the right players in, you know that's obviously it's, it's going to be interesting to see you know how close even now in August September is going to be you know to, to chase Rangers. And before that, of course, Johan, they're only eleven days away from Champions League match against Midland, and and that must yeah. be a concern <laughs> that there are so few signings uh, at this stage. Uh, it's. It's always a concern when you have to obviously, yeah. uh, obviously start your, your your competitive football. You know, uh, like Celtic always has to do. You know, all the Scottish teams obviously yep. in Europe. You know, where, where you you you've just been. You know, you've been off and you're just back from your holidays. Sure. You, you have to get straight back into obviously competing against Scandinavian teams. Obviously, you know, in the middle of the season. And that's always going to be a worry, but you know, uh, you know, he just needs to handle it. And uh, yes, it's a worry that maybe they haven't obviously got uh, a lot of signings in. In, but uh, at least it's been there now. They played, uh, you know, a few practice games, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, it's all about obviously believing in in obviously the, the team and the players it's got uh, uh, right now. You know, and obviously make sure that uh, they can compete. I, I still think, you know, obviously. If, if most of the players are still there, if they are fit, and, and obviously the guys who's been there and been important for Celtic, then they have a good chance to beat Midtjylland. But obviously, it's there's no pushover. No. And Eric Sviachenko has been mentioned as potentially coming back to Celtic. I think that's gone quiet in the last week or two, Mark. I haven't heard much about that. But it is concerning for Celtic fans that they haven't yeah. made any of the big marquee signings. And Johan, you had so much success at Celtic and involved also in identifying Virgil van Dijk. They've got Edouard there. Do you expect him to go this summer? Johan, do you think uh, Edouard uh, will move on? Yeah. <sighs> You know, if you'd ask me, obviously, like, you know, uh, eight weeks ago, I would say definitely yes. Mm. But uh, now, obviously, everything's gone a wee bit quiet. Uh, most of us have been focusing on the, obviously, the Euros. Uh, so, mm. so uh, uh, 
I really don't know. Uh, but obviously, uh, I wouldn't be surprised now when obviously uh, all the countries and all obviously the teams are going to start focusing on, on starting their leagues. That obviously bids are going to come in for Edward, but it's obviously up to Celtic to, to decide if the, the, the bids are going to be good enough or not, you know, but uh, I think it's important for the manager to, to you know, speak about it, but he needs to be bang on, you know, really mentally, you know, to to, uh, to make sure that he's at his best, you know, because at his best, he's a terrific striker. Uh, but I would say, obviously, last season, maybe he didn't really perform as well as we know what he, he can do, you know. Mark, what do you reckon? I, 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 I can agree. I, th- I think he will be away because I mean I think I don't know if Johan agrees, but I think now if you want to use, use the word shortage of quality number nines, mm-hmm. quality strikers around Europe, and, and Edward would probably be you know be on a list of a number of not your top top European clubs, but your middle of the road European clubs that would pay comfortably fifteen to twenty million pounds for a striker, and I think that's where where Edward falls on. That's why I think he will be away because he will eventually be in demand and, and we'll start seeing a bit more movement over the next couple of weeks towards the end of July. But if Edward does go, Johan, and you've been in the situation as well when you're trying to replace top strikers at Celtic, how difficult is it to go and find a real quality number nine, particularly when you do have financial restraints and Celtic might be shopping in and around the sort of four or five million pounds mark for a, a top number nine? First of all, that's a, that's one of the problems. You know, it's really, really difficult to get a striker number nine for that kind of money that you know is going to be a given star uh, for Celtic. It's it's a bit of obviously if you're going to pay like four to six million for for a number nine, it's uh, even if you always scout them, then it's going to be a bit of a gamble. You know, you don't know if it's going to be, a, a, you know, a, a star or, or a success. Uh, but at the same time, you know, um, I think, you know, um, behind the scenes, I do think obviously they are obviously working with a, a plan that Edward might leave. So obviously they have identified, you know, a, a number of strikers now that is going to be really if if he goes. That's going to be ready to step in, and they're obviously going to try to to, to, to buy. So, so uh, hopefully, and and obviously, fingers crossed, and I think so that obviously they they are working on it right now. You know, they, they need to have you know like you know four or five targets. You know, if Edward goes. And we spoke to you a few months ago, Johan, when Celtic were still trailing Rangers, but not by the twenty-five points that it ended up at the end of the season. Is there? I mean, obviously, the answer, yeah, there's a prospect of Celtic, and they'll go into it hoping to narrow that gap. But for Postecoglou. And given that he's not had much time to try to regroup, and there's a massive job to be done. I mean, I'm thinking about you, you know, the captain, the man you know really well, Scott Brown, is no longer the captain. He's now at Aberdeen. Yeah. Were you surprised that he's gone to the Dons? Uh, no, I I do think you know that the Scott that obviously he got this obviously uh, this chance. Yep. Uh, uh, to get into management, and I, I think it's for him the right thing to do. Uh, obviously, he's going to learn a lot. Uh, it's going to be he's going to obviously take baby steps into becoming, you know, a, a, a number one later on in his uh, life and his career. You know, uh, by doing that, you know, I think it's yes, he could have stayed maybe at Celtic, but yeah. you know, his ambitions guy Scott, mm. he, he was obviously to go his own way, and and you know, we all going to remember him as. You know, uh, just a fantastic leader and player, and, and he's 
a true legend, you know, for, for Celtic, you know, for, for all he's done, you know. So so I'm just happy for him in that film. So I think it's the right move, you know, try to move away a wee bit, you know, from Celtic and obviously make his own name in, in management. And so so in the, hopefully, if we speak again you know, in a number of years, it's, uh, we're going to say this was a very, very clever move for, for Scott. Yeah, he'll be a future manager. What about you? Johan Melby, will we see you back uh, here in this country, do you think, uh, soon? Because of, obviously, COVID, it's been so difficult. And Celtic, as you know, many clubs really miss the supporters. But look what happened with Liverpool in England. They just weren't the same team. Hey, they lost Van Dijk very early on. Um, yeah. Yeah. But So will we see you back over here soon? You're going to see me as soon as I can go and watch a Celtic game. You're going to see me. <laughs> <laughs> be great. I'll be straight over. I hope you join us here in the studio. Yeah, make, I, make sure you get some work done in that six-pack, Johan, before you come over. <laughs> I, I will, I will. I will work a wee bit harder on that. <laughs> and finally, can I ask you, what would you say to uh, Postacoglu about getting his own people around him? There was a radio station in Australia yesterday was saying that he'll have to make do with the people there, albeit good people. But how important is it, do you think, that he gets his own team and makes his own decision about the backroom team if you ask me yep. very uh, personally I, I, I'm a guy I think that the manager who should always, should always have his own team around him he should be the one uh, deciding who he has as his number two or his first team coach uh, the, what Celtic are doing right now you know when it comes to this it seems like it's been, been like that for, for a number of years and number of seasons. It's, it's a bit like in Sweden, you know, where, where obviously the manager comes in by he's inheriting the, the coaches around him. I think that's a wee bit of a big gamble, you know, because uh, yes, I know a lot of managers can work around it, you know, but I, personally, I think it's a bigger chance to have success uh, if you have your own team. You know, you, obviously, if if it's the first team coach or the man, uh, assistant manager or uh, like like uh, a physio. I don't care, but uh, the manager should be the one who gets his team around him, you know, uh, because it's going to be easy for them, especially now in this uh, predicament where they are uh, behind. Uh, they're obviously mm -hmm. lacking a wee bit of signings. That's, uh, personally, I think it's important, you know, I think it would be great, you know, uh, for him to decide his own staff. But, you know, maybe he's happy with the, with the staff, you know, and th th that's his choice, but it should be his choice, not yeah. anyone else. That's loud and clear from you, Johan. Finally, before you go, what's your prediction then for Sunday? Is uh, football coming home to Italia or is it coming to England? I mean, we know it comes from Queen's Park in Glasgow. Anyway, it's where football started. But who do you think is going to win? Exactly. Uh, oh, it's a tricky one. I do think so. I'm, I'm going to go against maybe the... Obviously, I don't know. Uh, I think England are uh, we bit our favourites obviously playing at home. I'd say uh, I'm going to go against it because obviously uh, 10 years in Scotland, I'm half yeah. Scottish. I say, you know, the football is never going to come home to, to obviously to, to England. So, yeah. so uh, Italy. They're going for Italy. Johan Mialbi, thanks for joining us, Mark. That was brilliant. Thank thanks, you. Johan. All Great, the best. You. Cheers. Bye-bye. Johan Mialbi joining us live on Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 Chris will be back with us no doubt next week Mark I was thinking is this, is this Fair Friday but it's not A next week Friday. to go before yeah. Fair Friday Used to be a, a big thing in Glasgow You remember yeah. before oh, my time oh, yeah. But uh, next weekend the, the Glasgow <laughs> Fair The Merchant City Festival is on Oh, oh yeah on. they're getting yeah. organised this morning Yep so good. that's My uh, mate's got a restaurant in the round oh, there it's So good. it's yep. good yeah, it's, it's, it's a good wee 
it's a good wee spot and, and now that you can feel things starting to lift again a wee bit although we've still, we've still yeah. got a bit of way to go it's 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 always nice and the weather's good Paul to, to go and socialise and catch up with people it is and there's still a chance to be where we were the Radisson Red we were there for Brilliant. the Czech Republic game uh, I wasn't there because I was down at Wembley did I mention that that was <laughs> yeah. three weeks ago just now when I was the, what was it you were calling me the again infiltrator. the infiltrator <laughs> among the uh the, the fans there really enjoyed it. And, and that was our cup final, really, wasn't it? Yeah. But you were there at Radisson Red, anchored it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and then we were there again with Chris Burke uh, afterwards. Barry was there too. So yeah. they looked after Marvin us. Batley, at, Paul yep. Lambert. Yeah, with a, with a smashing time, we were well looked after and it was great. Um, mingling with the uh, the Go Radio Football Show callers, Paul. I think we all had a, a smashing time together and, and it's great to, to catch up. It was just a shame um, that we didn't qualify. But I have to say it was... The nil-nil game yeah. um, against England at Wembley and, and being at the Radisson Red with Paul Lambert and Marvin Bartley in the Go Radio uh, football show. Listeners, was pretty special. It was a special night because I thought the whole country was absolutely buzzing for four or five days after. It was, it was a great feeling to have and it's been many, many years since we've had that feeling. Is there any moment in the game when you look back that we should have scored and taken the points? That was, that was our chance. Yeah, it was, it was the one that was cleared off the... Off the line and Stephen yeah. O'Donnell had a, I had did, a, had a, a great, great effort yeah. um, That's true. as well. I think it was yeah. in the other two games that we kind of let ourselves down more in front sure. of goal, Paul. We, we, we did create a couple of really good chances. Lyndon Dykes in the first game against the Czech Republic, I think, to make it one each. Um, and then we had a couple of good chances against uh, Croatia. But um, look, overall, um, Steve Clark and, and his staff and the players will reflect and try and put anything that they think wasn't right and needs to be improved upon uh, get it right for, for September for the, the three games you know we yep. look at it we've, we've got Denmark away Paul September the 1st wow. in Copenhagen I mean what an ask that's going to be to go and try and get something from there we've then got Moldova Moldova at home that has to be a gimme three points and then I think we're away to, to Austria and, and you look at the team that Austria's got you look at the problem came so close didn't they Italy yep. yeah so um, as I say I think um, you know I want to be optimistic but at the same time, you've got to be realistic. And, and I think we've got an absolute mountain to climb to try and qualify for Qatar. It's Mark Goody, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show. You can give us a call 0808 17 17 700. Is it Go England this weekend or is it Forza Azzurri with the uh, the Italians up against the England team? Gareth Southgate has had such a credit, quite rightly, for the way yeah. he's he's kept his feet in the ground, hasn't he? Yeah. And how's he going to do against the Italians who've got a 33-game Unbeaten run, it's phenomenal. Yeah, isn't I mean, it? I think the two, September two thousand eighteen. That's the right. Last time That's they lost it. the game. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that they've been brilliant. Uh, Mancini's got a bit about. I mean, I mean, yep. you see, his old Sampdoria teammate who Graham Souness was teammates of way back in the day. Mm. Viali and, and Mancini were two youngsters coming yep. through at Sampdoria. Plenty and of it's hair wonderful. One of them. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's great to see that they've kept that relationship, Paul. Good, isn't it? The two yep. together and to mm. see them. I think Lombardo's in there um, as well, um, you know, in, in the backroom staff. Um, so, no, it's it's brilliant. I think Italy might just sneak it, but like you said, regardless of that, what impresses me most about England is, is Gareth Southgate, just the way he handles everything, Paul. The way, you know, he handles any, you know, adversity in, in the, the media when he's going to say something in public. The way he handles his squad, the way it allows him to be open. I think it's refreshing. Um, whatever people think of him as a manager is fine but but as a person I think he's been absolutely first class and a credit 
to his country. I think he's he really been a, a really brilliant guy and good on him. I think everyone agrees. And of course, we're absolutely neutral here, but it's the Scottish radio station. Um, <laughs> you know, we just wish so badly we could have got to the to the qualifying, the group stages, that we moved on from the groups into the knockout stages. I can hardly say that phrase because it's never happened. No. But at least we were there. Is it an espresso you're having? What do you want? Is this a clue about your tip? <laughs> Don't give us your tip too oh, early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, Rochelle yeah. Clemente is actually producing tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're having a wee espresso here. Oh, yeah. I uh, think the game. I'll tell you, here's the good news today. The England team, so the, the pool that they will get is around 9 million, I think, that they're going to give a substantial chunk to the NHS. Brilliant. So, so that, isn't that that's terrific? I heard that, Paul, yeah. you know, something yeah. maybe somewhere between 350,000 400,000 pounds per man wow. all being donated. Um, and that is absolutely outstanding. And they're the credit, and for all the, the stick that footballers get, you know, for not being in the real world and being selfish, mm. they put they put many other professions to shame yep. when it comes to their, their generosity. And you can, again, just echoes what I've said about Gavin, sorry, Gareth uh, Southgate and, and, and his men in there. That is absolutely brilliant and, and a credit uh, to them. Because it's easy to say, yeah, they've got the money, they can afford it, but there's lots of people, lots of money, and, and we could all do more that people yeah. could. So I think... All credit to them. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be some game. We'll talk about it again. And Wimbledon weekend as well. Sadly, Andy Murray went out uh, yep. earlier, although I thought he did really well to get to the third round after all those injuries. Yeah. And uh, it gave us a special few moments, didn't it? Yeah. At, at Wimbledon. It was great to see him there. And Gordon Reid, of course, uh, the Scot who did so well and he won last night uh, in the wheelchair tennis. Gordon's a terrific yeah. guy. He helps us at the Kilt Walk. He's yeah. an ambassador. What a man he is. He's football daft. He's Rangers daft, actually, yeah. uh, Gordon Reid. Uh, so he had a win uh, yesterday, so well him, done then. against uh, the number one. So yeah. it, was good. it was good for him. Yeah, quite a season for Rangers. We had Johan Mialbi on in the first section of the programme saying that it's important that Ange Postacoglu has the backroom team that he wants. And I think the word is he's looking to see, so there's some great people there who are the right ones for him, but don't rule out maybe some others coming in as well. He'll yeah. be his own man. Yep. For Rangers, uh, well, we told you last night, Rangers are going to play Real Madrid on June the 25th, the, the Sunday. July 25th. I beg Sunday. your pardon, yep. July the 25th. Yep. And uh, yeah, Ancelotti exactly. bringing Real Madrid to town. What about that? I wonder how many fans will be. Because the news today is that Celtic are getting uh, 2,000 fans for the friendly with Preston North End next weekend. Doesn't seem that many, but at least it is 2,000 down at the ground. Uh, Rangers will be, what? they've got Arsenal as well. I don't know how many are going to be there and how many for Real Madrid. But surely what a chance to see uh, the, the Spanish giants. Yeah, it'll be brilliant, and uh, you know one of Ancelotti's uh, first games. So you know it's uh, it's a, a real coup for Rangers to pull that off and uh, get to Real Madrid just six days before they unfurl the the flag um, at home to to Livingston lunchtime on the Saturday. Um, so no, it's brilliant, and um, you know um, it'll be a, a different look to to Real Madrid. Obviously, for a start, Ramos is away. He's signed for yep. for PSG, and you wonder what kind of other changes that. Um, that Ancelotti will make and who I'd imagine probably like to bring in two or three players not not even just from Everton but from the English um, Premier League given the fact that he's been there for the past um, 18 months and uh, you know Rafa Benitez going to to uh, Everton Ever to, yep. to to take over so um, I was actually I spent a couple of days in Liverpool Oh, what was the atmosphere there. like then yeah, with it was, good for, yeah. it was good for England stuff it was very good but um, certainly just speaking to a few people and we did the the tour of uh, of Anfield yesterday, but oh, how was it? It was brilliant. If if yeah. if you haven't been in the tour of, of Anfield, and whether you like Liverpool or you just like football, yeah. the, the the history club and 
and the Scottishness obviously that runs through it, you yeah, know, yeah. from from Shankly yeah. to to Dalgleish and Hanson and, and even now uh, Andy Robertson, it, it's brilliant. But and even thing, Paisley, the Scottish name, Bob Paisley, <laughs> Bob Paisley. Bob Paisley yes. as well. But one thing it comes through, Paul. Rafa's, I think Rafa's burnt a lot of bridges. Oh, I, oh, I, yeah, I think Rafa's you know, burnt a lot of bridges. We've been talking yeah. about it in the show, and it's not the same as Rangers and Celtic, but it's a huge rivalry between yeah. the two. So they're not, they'll not be. And we said last night with Craig Moore, I said, but he's a Liverpool legend. Uh, is he still a Liverpool legend? I mean, he brought great success in Champions League a night he will never forget. But uh, yeah, is he tarnishing that by going to Goodison? It, it sounds like the eyes of some Liverpool supporters. Um, yeah, and some Everton fans all accounts don't want him because yep. of his thing but then maybe if you're an Everton fan and he can bring success to the club it'll make it all the sweeter the fact that he, he used to be um, at Liverpool but I think Liverpool they just got on with their own game Paul you know Jurgen Klopp won't be bothering about that and uh, as you mentioned to Johan as well I think Liverpool suffered without having supporters in yep. um, you know you look at the cop and the atmosphere that that generates inside the stadium if there's 54,000 inside Anfield so I'll be interested to see how it all unfolds with, with supporters back inside the football grounds and hopefully we've got full stadiums all around the UK from September onwards yeah surely let's hope that is the case that we've got the fans back because the clubs need it I mean you can you were talking about you know what will it cost for Edward what, what will they pay for him it's not going to be the money it would have been last summer because nobody at that point thought it would be another year of Covid and what about Rangers then uh, Morellas so much was said about Porto they'd agreed terms apparently but apparently no bid in from the Portuguese club for uh, Morelos is he is he going to stay now? Do you think? I, I think again, Paul Morelos will come into that category where you know he's if we were one of the the sought after ones in, in, in European European football, uh, but there's not a lot going on at the higher end of the markets um, just now. That that usually kicks off towards the end of July. Uh, you start to see a bit a, a bit of movement in times for the, the their domestic season starting uh, in mid August, whether it's Spain, Germany, England. Um, but I do expect Morelos and Edward, I expect both of them to be away uh, by the end of the, the, the windows on August 31st. Wow. Rangers, anyone else do you think? Um, Kamara has been mentioned. He had a, yeah. he had a good Euros, didn't he, for Finland? He was very good. Yep. You know, he, he produced the kind of form that we know he can produce, Paul, that he's been producing on a regular basis uh, for Rangers um, for well over a year now. So look, he's a top quality central midfielder. He's very disciplined in what he does. You ask him to do a job um, and he'll do it. You know, he doesn't let you down. He's not a glory hunter. He's not going to look, you know, and try and you know dribble past three or four people and and uh, put one in the top corner. He, he's disciplined. He breaks up the play and then he just with the greatest respect, he gives it to the ball player. You know, yeah. there you go. Here's Ryan Kent. Away you go. Go and you do your stuff. Or out to Tavernier if he's flying there. You know, whatever it may be. But um, I think Rangers they've made him a very good offer by all accounts. He's not signed it yet. That's not to say that he won't sign. But for me, it all points towards that he wants to go and try something different. If he does, good luck to him. And uh, Rangers will get a very handsome transfer fee for him. What about the new boy who's coming in, John Lundstrom? We heard about that earlier in the week. The 27-year-old uh, born in the same area of Liverpool as Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Yet again, you hear the rule, uh, the, the lure of the manager. Yeah. People want to play for him. Yeah, um, they do. I mean, it's as simple as that, Paul. They really do. You know, that is a, a massive... Uh, pool just to come a, a to play for the uh, a club the size of Rangers and the, the prospect of I'll be a couple of games away from Champions League um, group stage football and for Steven Gerrard to go and play for such a, an iconic um, figure um, is obviously very uh, appealing to, to a lot of uh, players 
and uh, Lundstrom Rangers have been trailing him for at least a year Paul mm-hmm. um, and you know normally they might have had to pay 8, 9, 10 million pounds for him but to get him um, on a Bosman a good bit of business they've had to be patient and they've had to beat off a bit of competition to get him Rochelle's giving us some breaking news here it's about uh, Petordry but it's about the admittance of fans in numbers for the, the new season Aberdeen say having assessed Petordry against current physical distancing requirements and given that all clubs are still waiting for clarity around the easing of restrictions Aberdeen Football Club has submitted an application to the local authority for 8,200 fans for the games leading up to and including the Dundee United game on August the 1st so they're asking for 8,200 at Petordry Return of fans update, that's the latest. They're saying the club has worked tirelessly for it. I think that's entirely reasonable. What is the take in there? 18, 20,000? Yeah, 20,000. Yeah, 20,000. So they're saying 8,200 in July in Aberdeen outside Mark. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Why not? At least 8,000. Paul, we're sitting, we've just been talking about Wimbledon. We're sitting watching it jam packed, and it's brilliant to see centre court, court number one. We're watching Wembley, at least 60,000. Inside Wembley. Um, so, yeah, why not? And good on Aberdeen. You know, I hope it works for them. Yep. There hasn't been enough. I mean, the clubs have been quite quiet about it all. And we look, we know there's been a pandemic and uh, we know that there has been so much tragedy. But this is outside. The football clubs have had no, very little revenue for, what, a year and a half now. It's badly affected them. It's the national game. I'm, I'm hoping that this will happen that they can get back in so good on Aberdeen though they're yeah. one of the few that have come out and spoken about it yeah. to be no, fair to they're, them they're, they're, yeah. they're right you know that's one thing about, about Dave Cormack whatever you think of him he, he likes to be in the front foot uh-huh. you know yep. he, he doesn't take no for an answer and if somebody does say no he wants them to, to justify why they're saying no and he wants proper reasons and he'll challenge people mm. you know, whether it be government whether it be the SFA whoever it may be he'll challenge them um, and you know you, you know you need to be on your toes when you're dealing with them and uh, for Celtic, we mentioned earlier, 2,000 fans going to be allowed in for the Preston North End game. Remember, that stadium takes, what, 60? 60,000. 60, yeah, 61,000. Yeah. And uh, I haven't heard yet about Rangers, Arsenal, how many will be there. And then the following weekend, now Real Madrid, so tasty new ones, uh, big ones for Rangers. And Celtic have got West Ham United as well. Yeah, West Ham, I think, on uh, the day before, on uh, July 24th at Celtic Park. So that'll be... Uh, a good game you know David Moyes we just uh, getting his squad together um, linked with one or two players in, in Scotland as well and uh, he's also potentially and, and Declan Rice got a a, a European uh, championship uh, winner holding yeah. midfielder and I think with every game his his value uh, rockets down so I think we're talking about at least 70 million for him wow. if he's part of a winning England team on Sunday night Paul you know you're probably talking upwards of 80 if it's Chelsea or Man United they want to go and get him and he's established himself as the the number one holding midfielder for his country and David Moyes has got to take and his staff got to take a lot of credit for that because I've worked very very hard with him in the past 18 months but I remember Robert Stodgrass saying to me over a year ago he says Declan Rice is the real deal did he? Proper, yep. yeah he says properly he said it's not hype he said he's a real deal he said and apart from his talent a lovely boy, he's down to earth good. and a yeah. lovely lad. And you know, if, if Snoddy says something like that, and that's that's good enough for me. Good enough for us. I know there's been a, a new contract on the table for him, but I think he's still well in contract anyway yeah. for West Ham. So that will be interesting to see. Okay, we've got football action back this weekend uh, domestically because it's the League Cup, isn't it? It's the Premier Sports Cup. We'll speak about that and the latest on the old firm and preview the big game. That's next. 
The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Nothing has changed in the last 20 minutes or so. On the M8 in the city centre, both directions slow because of a lane closure. So that's between Townhead and Charing Cross. And the A726 Barhead Road Paisley in both directions is slow. And in fact, there's a closure due to the roadworks from Blackhall Street to Lockfield Road. That's how slow it is, Mark. It's closed. But otherwise, looking around, nothing too much to worry about. Did you detect anything as you as you no. came in there in the, uh, no, the Vauxhall for, for, Vectra? For, for, a, for a Friday, <laughs> it was a Morris Marina, for a Friday, for a Friday, it's, it's quite... Quite quiet, but quite I, thought, quiet. I thought it was okay. Yep, decent. Yep. Yep. yep, the holiday traffic is well <laughs> underway. We'll be back uh, with more traffic and travel uh, as it happens. <laughs> Chris will be here next week. And if there's any traffic and travel, we bring it to you on the Go Radio programming. Coming up after us at six, it's the news with Joe Henry. And then after that, it's going to be Stevie Lennon in the mix. A lot of people uh, in touch with us saying how can they book up for to be at the Radisson Red, which we love to look after as there. It's down Clydeside overlooking and to go up to the, the, the rooftop bar as well is, is a bit special. You can be in the wee bar, as in the French wee, O-U-I. Uh, lucky you you did your O-grade French there, a standard grade French it would be, Mark. Well, just go online and you can book a table there. You can have a, a beer on them, something to eat and enjoy Italy against England on Sunday. Yep, good, looking forward to that. And the winner of it is, I can tell you the winner is, it's Vicky Carson. She's the winner. Yep, you can still book for it, but Vicky Carson, you're off. So well done, Vicky. She'll be going along. Yeah, brilliant. She'll have a, a great night. Have her Vicky's taken along with her. Um, we had a smashing time there over the three uh, events. Well looked after. A great venue. And as you say, Paul, I think, you know, uh, once we we fully open back up, and I think it's opened already. But but as the the views across the city are absolutely spectacular uh, from the from the sky bar. Shapovalov, the man who beat Andy Murray, he's a set up against Djokovic, and uh, they're at one one in the second set. The young man, he did really well. He's looking to become the eighth Wimbledon boys singles champion to reach the men's singles final. I know that because I'm reading it off the telly. So there you are. But <laughs> no, he did. Jim White, he did. Yeah. I did. I know. Well, Jim was at the match the other night. I've been trying to get him. Uh, that would be a, a, t- a tough one for him. But uh, he was at the, the, the England game against Denmark. And uh, on Sunday, we'll come to it before the end to see what you think is going to happen. League Cup in action tonight. Can you believe it? Cove Rangers yeah. against Stirling Albion. Just looking at some of them. Peter Head against Hearts. That's a good game, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And uh, what do you make of Craig Gordon being the captain of Hearts as a former goalkeeper? Yeah. What do you feel? Brilliant move by, by Robbie Nielsen. I think it's the right move. I'm sure that Robbie and, and, and Lee McCullough would have thought long and hard, but he, he's the he's the outstanding candidate. Um, Paul, he, he was good for for Hearts last season. I think he's he's good as well. Obviously, his experience about the club, his experience for for Robbie as much as you know Robbie's been a manager for for six or seven years. He's still a young manager, you know. And yeah. particularly there were times last season when the Hearts supporters clearly weren't angry. And I think Craig would be would be a good one for for Robbie <laughs> to have too. But I, I mean, look, we don't want to harp on about and keep going back over old ground but you know Craig Gordon should never have been allowed to leave Celtic last summer you know absolutely shouldn't have been allowed they should have been um, you know given a new contract they should have been one that uh, that he couldn't turn down and uh, that came back to bite uh, Celtic one of the decisions um, that was made but a great one uh, for Hearts and games on tonight as well in the, the new Premier uh, League Cup Kelty Hearts Barry Ferguson's old team now managed yep. by Kevin Thompson mm-hmm. against Indy United with a new manager and 
um, Edinburgh yeah. City as well against uh, Hamilton Ackies have just been, been yep. relegated and Brian Rice will be wanting to go off to a positive start and, and bounce back mm-hmm. as quickly as possible but some some tasty ties the good thing I think about the Premier Cup this season Paul it, it's nice and compact you know we're into the knockout stages next month when Celtic and Rangers um, Hibs, Aberdeen and St Johnston come into the, the tournament and then the finals in, uh, in December so mm-hmm. yeah really good it's good Queen's Park there down at Queen of the South so uh, the Queens are involved East Kilbride against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock obviously uh, a terrible season for them but we'll find out how it goes in the new season the Barton against St Mirren Partick Thistle against Infermline Forfer against Ross County off because of Covid yep. which is uh, really really unfortunate so looking around Rangers not much news uh, today uh, that we can see and for Celtic well they did a 3-1 win against Sheffield Wednesday uh, the other night you can't tell anything from that I would oh. see uh, Edward scored uh, a, a Yeti there was a lot of uh, attention on him and saying that you know this is uh, this could be his season is there a player there that, that that can make it can be an effective striker for Celtic they paid what eight, four and a half million to West Ham for him I, I've got my doubts Paul if I'm being perfectly honest yeah. I've, I've got my doubts um, you know I, I really would have wanted to have, have seen more from last season now whether the way that uh, Ajeti conducted himself was, was just symptomatic of the whole Celtic Football Club last season and, and the way the dressing room was so maybe he's been a wee bit unfortunate I didn't see enough to suggest that he can be like, like we were talking to Johan Mialbi about he can be that 20 goal a season he's not got the same quality as, as an Edward he's not as composed um, when it comes to finishing as Edward but you've got to remember that it's only every now and again and Edward comes along and Celtic yeah. paid nine million quid for him, Paul. So it shows you, you know, what you get, what you pay for. And as Johan Mialbi said to us at the top of the show, if Celtic are in a ballpark of four or five million pounds for a striker, which you would expect it to be roughly that kind of figure, absolutely no guarantees. And you can see that from a Yeti. But if, if he's got the, the, the right attitude, they want to go out and prove people long, wrong. Um, with the way the, the striking situation is at Celtic, um, he might be the only one there, Paul. Mm-hmm. It might be the only one if if one or two are going to leave for different circumstances, and nobody can be brought in. He might be the only striker. So he's going to have to step up and start showing and showing a, an appetite, showing a desire, showing a hunger, showing application to go and say to Ange Postecoglou, "I'm your man. I'm your number nine. You can bank on me." You said a couple of weeks ago though that they need net. How much did you say? Twenty million on top of whatever they take in yeah. for an Edward or yeah. for a Christopher Iyer. Well, well, Paul, I I, yeah. I don't. You know, I know times are hard, so I get that. And yeah. maybe maybe twenty's been a wee bit optimistic. But that said, if it's true that fifty thousand season tickets have been renewed, yeah. that's a guts of thirty million quid being poured back into the club by the supporters. So for what if, to if get the, success? Exactly. So if the desire's there to go in one league, bearing in mind, Paul, if you are the champions this time next year, you're going straight into the Champions yeah. League, you've got your guaranteed thirty million pounds. So for me, yes, you want to you want to give Ange Post to Coglu and the Celtic supporters the best possible chance, then you do absolutely everything you can. And also the other thing as well, it's about your recruitment and who's heading up that department because it's all right spending money as we were told last season, oh, the club spent a lot of money, it spent whatever it was, £60 million, yeah, but it didn't spend it wisely. It's about spending it wisely as well, that's the key to it. But yes, I don't think it's ridiculous to suggest, bearing in mind the size of the build, that it should be a net a net spend of £20 million. What about Rangers? Uh, they did their... The, the, the buying early with the Fashion Sakala just right at the end of the old season 
you think it's another big signing to come for Rangers or will that depend on who goes? Because they did say, Stuart Robertson said about four months ago, the, the model will be one or two players uh-huh. will, will have to be sold every year. He didn't say yeah. have to be sold, but it's the model that Celtic employed yeah. for years. Yeah, and yeah. It's, a, it's a brilliant model. It's yeah. a great business model and Celtic and Rangers have to do it. You know, fed up saying it. You can buy for one or two million and sell for nine or ten or even... 15 or 16 then brilliant okay the supporters and and and, and whether it be Stephen Gerrard or Ange Postecoglou they'd be disappointed but but, but they, they know it's it's a business and it's a real world that that, that we live in here um, but would I expect Rangers to replace Morelos that would really depend on how Sakala shows up mm-hmm. in pre-season um, how Eaton is looking with the benefit of having a year now um, you know Kimar Roof is quality okay I know he's not an out and out striker but he can still play that role so if those guys are showing up fine uh, and if you can think you can get 10 or 12 games at a Jermaine uh, Defoe then I don't think there's a need to go and buy another striker St Mirren have been awarded a 3-0 win over Dumbarton in the League Cup because Dumbarton have reported a positive coronavirus test and they're unable to fulfil the fixture so that, that's, a, that's a real shame there isn't it uh, but yeah. Paul again it just goes to show it's out there Yep. and uh, the football clubs you know they need to be as vigilant um, as ever, and I'm not sort of saying blaming anybody at Dumbarton no. or at Ross County because it can happen in you know Families. any kind of circumstances, yeah. but yeah. It, it's still out there. So take care, everybody. Other headlines: I see Charlie Adams scored this afternoon. Dundee were two up, and West Ham United it ended up two-two. So uh, yeah, listen, it's a pre-season friendly, but that would be a good test for Dundee up against uh, West Ham. Davy Moyes bringing his team. I think he does that often, doesn't he? Up to St Andrews. Yes. Yep. Yep. He likes spending a bit of time. Um, up there lights coming back to, to Scotland and uh, it'd be good just to get a game give some of these players a, a run out a chance for, for Davy Moyes to assess three or four of his younger players that are coming through and there's a there's a few clubs in Scotland that are, that are keen on uh, two or three of his of his players but for Dundee um, you know that's just a good one to get 90 minutes um, under the belt James McPeak um, will be happy uh, with that and, and Charlie Adam if he can reproduce the kind of form that he showed last season albeit it's a step up again, but Charlie's got that in what his locker. He's a fantastic yep. footballer. He is. He, he, he's properly out of the top draw. A couple of other headlines before we go. Trevor Carson, the keeper signing for Dundee United. Yep. Northern Ireland International. Yeah, a good signing. Yep. Trevor Carson, uh, you know, he had his injury problems and serious yep. ones um, a couple of years ago, but he's a quality goalkeeper, Northern Ireland goalkeeper. And um, good business by Dundee because that's him covering themselves properly, Paul should uh, Benji Seagrass be sold and I would expect Benji Seagrass to be sold as an appetite there's two or three clubs that are interested in him and again just like we're saying for, for Celtic and Rangers it's the same for Dundee United if you can get four, five, six hundred thousand pounds in for Benji Seagrass then it makes financial sense uh, all day long Aaron Hickey Celtic apparently a four, three and a half million pounds interest in getting the player back because he was there a number of years ago but Bologna saying no we'd need much more to move him yeah there's, well, there's interest from Serie A Paul from other clubs so yeah. I, th- I think you're, the reports I'm reading in, in, in Italy are that you're talking at least double that um, for Bologna to consider it but again when you consider that Celtic a year ago could have had him for a million maybe a million and a half and and he's a he's a left back Paul but bother, he's actually he's naturally right sided he's actually better on his right foot oh is he? yes right. so if you can go and get him uh, for me last season it was a no brainer for Celtic and then you look what happened they had to go and get a guy like Laxal yeah. who was substandard and yet they paid an absolute well it was AC Milan for, money yeah, wasn't it but, yeah. so um, again that's a you know the Aaron Hickey one that's, that's a that's a John McGinn scenario all over again 
Mark, we'll be back at five on Monday. What will we be talking about? A win for Italy or a win for England in the U the Euros final? Ooh. First of all, I'm really looking forward to the game, Paul. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for... The extra time, would you say? Yeah, I'll I'm... say I think extra time. Yeah, I think it could go all the way. I'm going to go 1-1, 90 minutes, Italy to win in penalties. You think so? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about it what do you on fancy? Monday. I think England are going to do it. I think yeah. their name's on it. I just thought it just before yeah. the, the, the German game. But uh, listen, we'll find out over the weekend. Take care, everyone. Enjoy all the sport. We're back on Monday, 5 till 6. Remember, we're on at 5 every night and we'll be back for the new season as well with the new plans fairly soon. Coming up next, it's the news and then Stevie Lennon. Enjoy the weekend. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from 5.